Welcome back to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. As always, we talk to my good friend Dwayne, generally Smo Patterson of the Hugh Hewitt Show, master of the universe, H-U-G-H-N-I-V-E-R-S-E.com. Control-free web surfing experience. I was on his show last night. He's on my show this morning. And, uh, you know, uh, of late I've been doing uh, news reviews to start off the podcast. But, I mean, Dwayne and I do news reviews every single week. So, Dwayne, welcome to my lead-in and my featured interview. <laughs> glad, uh, glad to be here. And I'm pretty confident that the... Uh... That the generic polling between your show and my show shows that your show is more popular than mine. No, and, I, 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 I would I actually think, think got, it's the other way around. <laughs> I, I think you've got a plus four over my show. I, I actually think that uh, you've got a plus four over my show. So, you know, we've got two different pollsters talking about the same thing and uh, coming up with uh, two different answers. Now, there's been a lot of talk about the generic ballot, right? I mean, Ala Pundit wrote about this last night about how, you know, it looks like, you know, Democrats are creeping back in some of these polling series. But as he pointed out, it's really a matter of timing because the same polling series that show Democrats with leads are the ones that have always shown Democrats with leads. I mean, YouGov, Economist. I um, think we talked about that. I think we talked about that a little bit last week is, is, uh, you know, there was one one uh, generic uh, uh, poll out there that showed the Democrats were up plus four and everyone's like, oh, it, it, you know, the, the ship has righted itself. And, and the and red Democrat, wave is over. And, and Democratic strategists were, were talking, you know, we're, we're talk- Joe Trippy among others. I, I think we talked about this last week. Joe Trippy was uh, talking to uh, talking himself into believing that maybe this whole red wave, red wedding thing is, is overstated and things are going to be all right after all. But then you look at it, and if that's if 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 you take that D plus four that they're saying in a uh, generic congressional ballot, that same poll six months ago showed a D plus four. Well, if if you're trying to say that all these other polls that showed R plus one all the way up to R in double digits. You know, there's, there's been, gener- you know, all sorts of congressional generic ballots and it's been consistently R plus whatever. If you're trying to sell the narrative that it's now inverted and the direction is moved to the left. And so that it's back to where it should be D plus four, the one poll that's showing you D plus four hasn't actually moved at all. It was D plus four six months ago. There's no movement to Joe Biden. It was an outlier then. It's an outlier now. It doesn't show um, D plus four six months ago up to D plus eight now showing further movement to Joe Biden to try and make the case that, well, in reaction to the gun case, in reaction to the abortion case, people are finally coming home to the Democratic Party because of all these issues that matter. That's not what that uh, generic, uh, g- generic congressional ballot is showing. It's showing stagnation in a in a Democrat favorable poll, in a Republican favorable poll, or a quote unquote independent poll. It's there's no good news for Democrats in there at all. Uh, no, and, and and again, I think that again you can pick your poison on this. The um, the one that just came up is the AARP targeted targeted congressional districts. And just just found this right bef- uh, right before we're taping this, right? And, and yeah, you're the one who brought this to me. So you know, to give you complete credit for this, I want to make sure that people know that this is something that you brought to me, and it's hot. I'll write about it later on this morning or or early afternoon, probably. 
But this, uh, I mean, this is a, a fresh poll by AARP, and it has a particular, a particularly interesting provenance, Dwayne. And, and Josh Kroshauer is the one who pointed this out and kind of got into a little dust up with uh, Mark Hall, you know, debate. I wouldn't say dust. Up. Yeah. Yeah. This, it's, it's, this well, wasn't, this wasn't, uh, this wasn't, uh, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio going against uh, Daniel Day Lewis uh, at five points no. in, in <laughs> Kings of New York. This no, is, what all, this is all Josh Twitter, was doing a little Twitter it, it, debate. That's all. all. All that Josh was doing, and you know, he's he's a great reporter over at, at Axios. He's a weekly guest of Fuse. He's on all the time. Like, uh, and, and by the like way, just just landed at Axios the last few weeks. He was at National Journal right. forever for for years. Right, yeah. he's hotline jo uh, hotline Josh forever. Um, so this AARP poll is con uh, conducted by the pair of Fabrizio and Anzalone, uh, who are. Basically, Biden's pollster, well, I don't know if it's respectively, but it's it's Trump's pollster and Biden's pollster that are that are combining for this AARP poll, right? Right. And it's a so it's a it's a lefty and a righty that that are doing this poll of the 56 most competitive house districts in their generic ballot, it's R plus four. Uh you do some of the breakdowns and the Democrats. Again, you know, let's, let's go back again to, to 2012 when when uh, Mitt Romney ran. What percentage of the Hispanic vote or Latino vote did he get in, in 2012? Single digits, right? Or I mean, 10, 11 percent. It most. was low. It wasn't single digits, but it was low. It, it was like, a, you know, 11 percent. I mean, it was it was not very high. Right. In 2016, how did Trump do with Latinos? Not well. Right. Yeah, he did. He did better in 2020 than he did slightly better in 2020. Actually, his what what happened was the Hispanic moved the Hispanic vote moved in specific districts in 2020 that were beneficial to Republicans. But overall, the number actually didn't improve as much as people seem to recall that it did. But it was still in the high 20s, I think. Right. Yeah. They're showing this uh, this uh, Trump and and Biden polling outfit uh, uh, that was commissioned by AARP shows that the Democrats only have a five point lead among Hispanics. They only have a three point lead amongst Asian Americans. They've got yep. Joe Biden at thirty seven sixty one. Now is it, that, that's a five point lead among Hispanics over fifty years of age. Should make make that. Um... The, well, make okay. that I mean, make, make it, that we got to make that uh, distinction because they, they do make that distinction in this um, right. You know, Fabrizio Ward F Impact F Research F poll fifty right fifty plus. You're you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, just to go down some of this list, they're only D plus six among women of all ages, right? right. Um, and it's even among women fifty years of age or older. I mean, this is if Democrats you, usually have a much larger gap well, for women. Than that's this. that's the whole point. Is if yeah. you look at if you look at the amalgam that is the Democratic mosaic or the mosaic. The, if you look at all the pieces that make up the coalition that the Democratic Party is, if they aren't if if they aren't plus you know twenty five thirty in in all these subgroups. They don't win elections if they're yeah. if if they're down to you know five point and even if you take overall if if they're you know single digits among Hispanics, they're they, they that's not going to win elections, especially if they're hemorrhaging support in in African American communities. If they're down to three point lead with Asian Americans, if if they're starting to split women in certain uh, age demos, 
that's not how you win elections if you're a Democratic Party. It just it just isn't. So Mark Halperin, who, um, you know, has uh, bled out in uh, credibility, um, he uh, personal credibility. Down. We should we should know personal credibility, personal profession- credibility, not, not necessarily he, professional credibility, correct. but personal credibility. Um, yeah. You know, in, in a different way, he uh, you can you can lump him in the in the uh, same uh, personal foible camp as uh, as Jeffrey Tubin. You know, he, no, no, he, no, no, no. It was worse. This was it. It was, it was worse I, with 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 Halper. And this is I mean, he was he was supposedly. um you know, uh, sexually harassing, sexually harassing colleagues. Right. I mean, yes. this is more of a um, me too uh, type thing. Well, it is a me too type of thing. And I'm yes. trying to think of the um, uh, Matt Lauer. It's closer to a Matt Lauer thing than it is a Jeffrey. Tubin OK, thing. that's that's fair. It's, it's it's more like a Matt. But I mean, it's it's he personally disgraced himself to the point where he was banished from MSNBC. He's he's trying of late to kind of get back into the game, sort of. And he kind of did a little drive by yeah. at Josh saying, oh, come on. It, it, you, you expect me to believe this poll, this, this Biden's Biden's pollster is going to come out with a with, with a number like this. Come on. Um, you know, and, he, and he's trying to call foul and, and having Twitter called this misinformation. Um, look, better than Miss Free Holies 2022. I'll just say that misinformation it, is better than Miss Free Holies 2022. Than Miss Free. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. And by the way, did, did you see that uh, that non-apology apology by uh, by? No. No, I didn't um, see that. Yeah, there was uh, there was a non-apology apology. Um, let me see if I can pull that up real quick. This is um, and just to bring people up to, up to speed. This is in the Mayor Flores uh, race against Vicente. Uh, this is down in Gonzalez. Texas thirty. Uh, this is down in Texas thirty four against Vicente Gonzalez, and uh, yeah. Gonzalez put this up uh, last night. We advertise on many platforms and have no control over their editorial content. We do not pay for political attacks, and we will not be advertising on this platform again. We condemn the offensive remarks on that platform, just as we have condemned Donald Trump's racist rants calling Mexicans <laughs> rapists and murderers. If only Representative Flores had the courage or had, yeah, had the courage to do the same. See, here's the problem. Myra Flores said, this doesn't sound like an apology to me. Yeah. Also... <laughs> The racist pervert you hired to target me with filth has zero space on his quote unquote blog for ads. So we know all this is a lie. If you were a real man, you would apologize in person and resign. And then she says, pero eres poco hombre, which basically means, um, but you are a little man. And then, <laughs> and then she and then she says, hashtag creepy chente. Um, so that's, that, that race is going to get fun. Oh my gosh. I hadn't seen that. I'll have to take a look at that later. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That, that happened. That all happened. Actually, that happened about the same time we were doing after show last night. Oh, well, there you go. So misinformation, not miss, not miss Frijoles, misinformation. What, what uh, the misinformation that, uh, that, um, uh, Mark Halperin, you were, you were so, just mentioning. So, so Mark Halperin doesn't like that poll. Okay. Well then talk to me about Quinnipiac. Then talk to me about, you know, yeah. talk, every other poll, the RCP average of job approval is back down to 37.7. 37.1 the last time Thir- I looked. Oh, 37.1. So, so, so it's, it's all time low. It, I mean, cause it was, 
The last time I looked yesterday, it was at 37.7, which tied the all-time low in RCP. If it's down to 37.1 and he's almost dropping into 36 range, on RCP's average, the average of average, it's never gotten that low. It just 36 point, 36.8. Right now? Right now. As, okay. as we're speaking this morning, that's, it's 36.8, okay, 57.5. That's as low as it's ever been, 36.8. That's, that's, that that's unprecedented in 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 an in an RCP average. That's unprecedented. Well, that's a Rasmussen came in with a thirty six. So, um, but Reuters came in with a thirty six yesterday. So, I mean, it's uh, you know. Uh, well, and they're, again, they're... It, and and again, in, in this poll that we just cited, it's it's only thirty seven, and that's and that's one with Biden's pollster in it. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, this does kind of tend to line up just a little bit. It sure um, does, doesn't it? It does. It does. All right. I want to move on to I want to move on to another the, the, the big issue here though I think and the big takeaway here is hey this is a battleground poll it's not an overall poll and this probably matters more and we sh will we should be seeing more of battleground polling as we're coming closer to the midterm vote um but this does not look good at all and the well, second thing is is that if you take all the polls and put them together you look at the aggregates not just at RCP but also at uh, 538 the generic sure. ballot hasn't moved all year. It's, it, it's it's been it really has steady it. the whole time. And, and and again, even if you're looking for good news on the Democratic side, if you're if you look for a Democratic uh, generic ballot or, or generic poll that shows the D plus two, D plus three, D plus four, you can find them. They're out there, but those haven't moved either. Right. There's no everything. Everything's stagnant. Everything's baked in. The, the cake has been baked at this point because people are seeing the inflation. They're seeing gas prices. They're seeing the the uh, you know the confidence uh, cascade that's befalling this administration and Democrats. And they're making. They've already made their decision of what they're going to do. They've already. It, a lot of this cake has been baked. Yep. All right. Moving on, we got a couple other uh, got a couple other hot topics this morning. Um, you know, I've been told repeatedly, Dwayne, that there's no such thing as cancel culture. No such thing as cancel culture doesn't exist, unless unless you happen to be Dave Chappelle and you literally get your show canceled in Minneapolis by the First Avenue Theater um, because reasons. Um, now. There's been some suggestion, and Chappelle even said it in his show last night, which relocated to the Varsity, you know, which is also Minneapolis, right. um, uh, that there were um, threats made to First Avenue personnel's families, and that's the reason why they canceled this. That's not why First Avenue claimed they canceled it, though. First Avenue uh, canceled it because they claimed they... I, I gotta read this to you, because this is, this is like... A, a priceless example of doublespeak, right? We believe in diverse voices and the freedom of artistic expression. <laughs> but in honoring that, we lost sight of the impact this would have. <laughs> what did they think they were getting by booking Dave Chappelle to begin with? Right. They also said the First Avenue team and you have worked hard to make our venues the safest spaces in the country. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sorry. You know, when I think of artistic expression, especially when it comes to stand-up comedy, I mean... How in the world can you support that and then claim that you want to just present safe spaces? I mean, it do, it it just doesn't work that it, way. It doesn't work that way. Stand up comedy and art, for that matter, more generally, 
exists to, you know, to call out uh, aspects of society, to call out conformity, right? These guys are knuckling under to fascists uh, who want to enforce a conformity of political thought in American culture. And they knuckled under to them. I mean, the same crowd went over to Varsity and tried to shut it down over there, too. And Varsity basically told them to pound sand. They were selling tickets for $129 a pop over at Varsity for Chappelle, right? And this is of course. last minute. And it sold out, and the ticket brokers were making $350 a pop. <laughs> this guy's got an audience, and the audience showed up. Um, I mean, this is... This is nonsense. This is this is so craven on First Avenue's part. Um, I, 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 <laughs> don't tell me that council culture doesn't exist when they're literally canceling Dave Chappelle for oh, what he's saying. Oh, oh, it definitely exists. The, the question is going to be how long this is tolerated before at some point the, it, 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 it begins to eat itself. Um, oh, over I think the that's already of, happening. I think that, yeah, I think it's already beginning to eat itself. And and that's what I'm thinking too. Over the course of the next year, two, three years tops, my guess is that whole movement of uh, cancel culture is going to eat itself, and more and more small businesses, more and more corporations are going to just say, "Screw you! I'm not. I'm 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 done being held hostage by by everybody's uh, you know personal sensitivities." So. Along those lines, I mean, this is outrageous, right? I, I'm not necessarily a huge fan of Dave Chappelle. I'm not actually a huge fan of stand-up comedy. I just, most of it's not very well done. Most of it is um, performative in the, uh, politically performative in the worst possible sense. Samantha B is probably the worst example of that, right? I mean, I've watched, well, yeah. I've watched her work a number of times and I've yet to find one genuine laugh. All she's doing is emoting in a in a politically um, correct sort of way to get applause from her audience. I mean, this is it's none of this. It's 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 certainly not courageous. Dave Chappelle is actually standing up to uh, to the um, popular messaging and poking fun at it. That takes some guts. What Samantha B and Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Kimmel and um, uh, uh, Fallon do. Um, uh isn't isn't courageous it's it's pandering it's entirely pandering and you finally get somebody who's not pandering and all of a sudden artistic expression goes right out the window that's exactly right um did you see the uh did you see the story about the uh the lesbian bar in portland speaking of of of, of, of how this whole cancel culture thing eats itself <laughs> no I haven't heard that one. Um, it it I, sounds like a setup for a joke. It it does, right? You know, <laughs> a, a priest, a minister, and a rabbi walk into a lesbian two, bar. You know, tw tw Twenty lesbians walk into a bar. This is a place called Doc Marie's. It is a lesbian bar that opened in Portland on July first, with the hope with the hope of bringing more in inclusivity to the city of Portland. But <laughs> wait a just wait a, minute, wait a minute, Portland Portland has an inclusivity problem. <laughs> Yes. And the inclusivity problem was targeted on the lesbian bar. Just one week after their grand opening, they were forced to shut down because of a complaints that the bar was not a safe enough space. 
the crowd on opening day was huge. One woman said the line for entry was wrapped around the block with literally 200 lesbians waiting to get in. But the excitement about a new progressive hangout dissipated quickly. Within days, the bar found itself on the receiving end of accusations of not being inclusive enough for trans people and people of color. Despite mask mandates being lifted, patrons accused the bar of not implementing enough COVID safety measures. Patrons also complained that Doc Maurice had culturally appropriative art on the walls. <laughs> and what ended up and what ended up happening is um, the employees of the bar also demanded that the bar host free opportunities for education for the community. We, the Marie Equa Workers Collective, hereafter known as MEWC, are composed of the current employees of Doc Marie's. We only speak for ourselves, not the ownership of the bar. We felt misled about the safe space being uh, welcoming. Our vision is a queer worker-owned cooperative that is run domestic, uh, democratically, provides mutual aid, and hosts free opportunities for education in the community. The owners have now been given a 24-hour deadline to adhere to the demands of the employees, which include relinquishing ownership of the bar. Always, and, it always includes that, and Every handing the movement. business. Yes, and handing the business to them as a co-op. Now, again. At some point, this cultural that this same thing this happened canceled, in Philadelphia. Remember I, with that coffee shop that was also supposed yes. to be super inclusive. The the employees decided that they wanted to own the place rather than the ownership itself. Same a exact week, same pattern. A week after this bar opened, the 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 the, the inmates want to now control and and own the asylum. Right. Well, I've I've got an even better one for you. I I, I will see your lesbian bar in Portland. And I will raise you a made up <laughs> a made up sport in the United States, Canada, and the United Kingdom. Uh, the U.S. Quidditch and Major League Quidditch, of course, of leagues, course, right, has now rebranded as U.S. Quadball and Major League Quadball. Um, the um, this is because uh, uh, is well, this, this is, is this a J.K. Rowling. This is a J.K. Rowling. We can't let her. We, we can't let anything she created get any life at this right, point. Right, right. Rowling has received white. This is from Variety. I'm reading from Variety. <laughs> Rowling has received widespread criticism for her series of tweets about the transgender community. "Quote: Our sport has developed a reputation as one of the most progressive sports in the world on gender equality and inclusivity. In part, thanks to its gender maximum rule, which stipulates that a team may not have more than four players of the same gender on the field at any time." U.S. Quadball and Major League Quadball said in a joint statement last year. Both organizations feel it's imperative to live up to this reputation in all aspects of this operation and that the name change is a step in that direction. Now, this was, they started, they were going to do this last year. I don't know why it got interrupted. It's, they're, they're, they adopted it yesterday. Um, and, um, I mean, <laughs> they took a sport that didn't actually exist Yes. Created something that was sort of along the lines of what J.K. Rowling had. Didn't they, realize, by the way, and this is really what the issue is. They that, took a sport that didn't exist that you actually cannot play because of the laws of gravity. Yeah, because it's on flying broomsticks. Right. You, that, that you can't actually play. 
and they are complaining because it's not inclusive enough. Right. So uh, for 20 uh, years, they've lived off of Rowling's, uh, almost 20 years, they've lived off of Rowling's creation with contributing nothing back whatsoever, right? Just basically sucking off of it. And then it came to their attention last year that they can't use the word Quidditch because Warner Brothers owns that in the United States and Rowling owns it in the UK. Right. And, and so they they were they were already along the way of having to figure out a different name for this sport. But now they're, now they're posing as, you know, uh, Oh, we're doing this for inclusivity. We're striking so, a blow against, against um, attacks on the transgender community by the person who actually created this nonsense sport, you know, this cosplay that we do. On the so, field. so tying this all together in a nice big uh, rainbow colored bow here. Um, here's the thing there's even the best economic forecast if you if you are an optimist the best economic forecast is through the 24 election not 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 this year's midterm through the 24 election we're looking at six percent inflation probably right oh yeah at least yeah at at least and that's best case scenario we're looking at six percent inflation that's on top of the inflation we've already had. That's 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 not even withstanding a recession we may have on top of everything. I mean, there's there's we could be full Jimmy Carter stagflation between now and and twenty four. All this stuff going on, and the left in this country is farting around with this stuff, and businesses, patrons, most people are going to look at this and go, "I'm sorry, I don't have the time." the patience, the money, the energy to deal with unserious people right now. There are real serious things going on in this country. I'm tired of the unserious. And this whole cancel culture stuff is just going to go off to the margins and they can go do whatever they want to do with themselves. But the rest of the country is just going to say, I'm done with this. They are going to say, I'm done with this. Like the country said, I'm done with COVID. Well, it may still be out there, but I'm done with the COVID stuff. Well, and and, and I also think, too, that you're seeing this already in the progressive organizations that have been infected by this. We call it wokery, but it's a little bit broader than that. It's not just critical race theory. It also has to do with the, you know, trans movement. All, you know, the, the issue, the issue started as legitimate grievance over historical discrimination, right? I mean, homosexual activity was was criminalized up until basically Stonewall, right? In, in the early 1970s. Sure. You know, um, blacks were, were suppressed, their civil rights were suppressed until after the civil rights movement, even after, you know, 100 years after the Civil War. Um, and there's, you know, some legitimate issues about the fact that there was a lot of wealth destruction during that period of time, which left the entire black community behind everybody else. And that includes all the all the um, immigrant populations that came in during that period with, who were able to build wealth. Um, so there's some legitimate issues in there. But what it's turned into is a, a, an ideology that's entirely based entirely based on immutable characteristics. And this is what the problem is with critical race theory, with critical gender theory as well, is that it reduces everybody to their immutable characteristics. And when that happens, you no longer have an ability to, you don't have a philosophy. There's no room for philosophy. There's no room for, for, you know, what we would normally term political ideology or even policy. It is strictly tribalism. And that's the reason why now you have intersectionality, because you have these 
groups competing with each other for power in these organizations, and they created intersectionality to say, well, if I check three boxes from the column and you only check two boxes from the column, then my view should take priority. And that's exactly what intersectionality is. is intersectionality is just a power distribution model. And that is, that's a dead end. Right. It, 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 right. It, it, and, and if it's not being done off of merit or merit's not even a consideration there, you're never going to get the achievements that you think you want. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, I, I mean, this is, this is, it's a dead end philosophy and what you're seeing and the reason why you're seeing and the reason why you and I keep saying it's going to eat itself is because it has no other outcome except eating itself. You're going to have all of these people who are going to get more and more virulent about their competition for primacy. And this is what you get. You get progressives in the street trying to silence a black man who is actually a progressive himself <laughs> speaking about issues that because they don't like his speech and violently trying to suppress a black man's speech in Minneapolis. That's what you get. That's the end result of this. It's, 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 it's fascism. It's sheer fascism. It's insane. It is insane. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, we're almost out of time. What's coming up on tomorrow's Hugh Hewitt show? Well, um, I'm not quite sure what we're going to do because we have been uh, taping like crazy as we're taping this. <laughs> um, we just taped a long conversation with Nina Totenberg on uh, oh. the court's term and uh, Hugh kind of debating her a little bit about the uh, uh, about the court's term, which is kind of an interesting conversation. Um we are uh, going to be, I'm coming in this afternoon. I don't, I'm actually not doing an after show today because I've got to do my day job. My day job is we are going to be taping an interview um, with Henry Kissinger tonight. Wow. Uh, who, who's got a new book coming up and this is going to be, this is going to be, uh, Hugh thinks this may be one of the last interviews that actually Dr. K does. Um, um, because he's 99 years old and, you know, you know, you're on borrowed time after what 70 at this at this point um but uh, dr k's got a brand new book out he's still mentally sharp he's still in the game uh he has advised every president since eisenhower with the exception of one president can you guess which president has not taken the consultations of dr k joe biden joe biden yep yep and i think he's actually publicly attacked dr k and I that's part of has. the reason why, too. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, exactly. All right. Well, that's coming up at uh, 6 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow, 5 a.m. in God's time zone, 3 a.m. on the left coast. And Hugh, and uh, excuse me, Dwayne's after show is at 8 p.m. Yes. Normally, normally at 8 p.m. Eastern time tonight. Um, uh, but uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And you've got your Friday show coming up, right? I do. Yeah. Uh, Lilacs uh, normally joins me on uh on Friday, James Lilix, humorist extraordinaire, columnist for the Minneapolis Star Tribune, National Review, and other places. Uh, he will join me, and uh, we have all sorts of fun. We uh, we do the news, and we also do what's called a baker's dozen, which is kind of thirteen oddball stories. You've you've done that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The baker's yeah. dozen is a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So you know, normally I'm kind of tied up, but. Um... But yeah, the Baker's Dozen is fine. We kind of do this. I, mean, I don't know that we call it that, but you run a bunch of stuff by me on, on Wednesday nights too. By the it's way. Kind of, it's kind of a Joe Biden Baker's Dozen. 
Yeah, with me, yes. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> by the way, you should you yeah. should remind uh, you should remind James that, um, uh, and I'd forgotten about this uh, that Cam Edwards went to his party in 2008 at the uh, Republican convention, the one where John Andrasik was. Um, I didn't know Cam was at that party. He I, was at that I, party. I, I didn't remember that, but but you know you and I were there and yeah, Cam yeah. was there because he was there for the for the convention, right? And and okay. so, and somebody invited him over. He still remembers that party, and I said, and he says it was. He says it was so awesome watching John play because he did. He sang, he sang a little right. bit for us, and then he just right. mingled because he was a guest. And then, um, and I said, well, you actually had two awesome experiences there. I said, first off, you got a chance to see John, but the second thing is you went to a lilacs party, which is. The it's, golden ticket it's, in Minneapolis. It, there is nobody. Is, nobody does a party like James Lilacs does a party. It is. It is the event of the season, isn't it? It's always the event of the season. If, if and, you can, if you can get into Jasper Wood, you've you've made it. And so, and so, he says. What I was really surprised by was that there wasn't, you know, um, a lot. That you know, I was expecting to see a lot of kitsch, you know, from from his books. You know, unfortunate. Uh, what was it? His book is, uh, you know, his books on unfortunate interior de decor and stuff like that and i said no 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 james writes about that but he has impeccable taste oh yeah <laughs> He's very impeccable, much so. impeccable taste so you should remind uh it's, we discussed that in yesterday's vip gold chat so you should remind james about that and uh and and the fact that we're still talking about that party 14 years later <laughs> <laughs> i will um uh james is uh james is always a hoot to deal with i will yep. uh i will uh I will, I will relay that conversation. Um, he, um, he keeps asking if we're going to get back up there and do something again, but we'll, we'll have to see if we can find a reason to do a, a state fair or something. You know, we, we got to figure out some, some reason to get back up there again. Just as long as it's not snowing. <laughs> yeah, I know you're kind of done with that. I'm, aren't done you? With the, I'm done with the snow. All right. Dwayne Patterson, Master of the Universe, thanks for being with us as always on Thursdays. We'll talk to you next week, sir. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Ed Morrissey Show podcast. Be sure to subscribe at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube to get alerted as soon as new episodes get published. You can support the Ed Morrissey Show and Hot Air's VIP reporting by becoming a VIP member, too. Visit hotairvip.com and use the promo code SAVEAMERICA, all one word, for 40% off your membership. Choose VIP Gold and gain membership to access to all of the town hall sites. Thanks again for watching and listening.